Hello again, everybody. This is Lance Russell with Championship Wrestling with another big week. Join us right now. Hey, welcome to the Double Dropkick Show. I am Heath Mulliken. And I am Mark Whitman. And we're live here in our patrons group. Good to see everybody. Uh, although we can't see you because the phone is a little bit away. Mark is, uh, <laughs> if you haven't known, Mark's on Instagram now. <laughs> and it's, I, I can't stop now. I'm addicted. <laughs> <laughs> but who are you following? That's uh, The Tasteless Gentleman? The Tasteless Gentleman, yeah. It's, not That's appropriate great, for work. Oh no, it's very appropriate depending on where you work. It's not appropriate for your work. It would right, right. Be perfectly fine for my work. As long as you agree that I work. That's all well, that matters. Uh they pay you. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you have you have a job. Uh so um if you've been listening the last couple of weeks, we have been going through the PWI PWI five hundred has just come out or came out in September. I don't know when you're listening to this. And we're going through the top 10, not to not to really rehash things, but I am calling out the names and Mark is giving us a performer from the 70s and 80s and 90s that this person compares to. Mm-hmm. And he is giving us an idea for a feud and expounding on that. So the patrons today are getting to watch. Yeah. Numbers what? 4 through 1. Yeah, we're going to be doing uh, four through one. So they and they're watching this live in our patrons only Facebook group, which you okay. can join for a dollar a month. Okay. Patreon.com slash double dropkick. So they're seeing this. But if I talk real quiet, they won't be able to hear. Right? That, that's why I'm talking louder. They'll just be going, wait, what's Mark saying? No, Let's don't. Speak up. We can't hear him. That's what killed Dennis Day contempt for the audience. You got to talk loud, baby. Uh, so anyway. Who's watching this? Mr. Ward. Oh, awesome. John, good to see you, man. Hey, so they're getting to watch this uh, about a month before it comes out. We've got uh, probably four or five episodes in the can that will be coming out, finishing They don't just get to listen to me spit. They get to see it. Yeah, they know it's not sound effects and camera tricks. And someone has called my phone as we're recording this, and that has cut off the recording in the patrons group. <laughs> and we're back. So, speaking of our, you know, our some of our later latest episodes, the second annual Ultimate Fantasy Wrestling Tournament, and this is a good place to start because number four in the PWI 500, Mister Whitman, mm. Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Who is somebody you would compare Brock Lesnar to? It says a lot about Brock Lesnar that there ain't many people you can compare him to. He That's right. is one of those guys that you could have dropped in any generation, man. Any generation. It, man, the Hackensmith era. I mean, yeah, and he could have competed, man. So, uh, it, the Strangler Lewis. Really? Yeah, because he – I don't know that there's anybody in WWE that would have took that title off of him if he didn't want him to. Right. Right. Uh, matter of fact, I would go so far as to say is there's not anybody yeah. in WWE that could have taken that title off of him. He lost it because he wanted to. Yeah. Um, which is what Ed, Ed Lewis would do. Right. 
you know, he lost it when it made good business sense. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So, Brock Lesnar, Ed the Strangler, Lewis. Can can you – so, are you going Ed Lewis because there's really no modern – Yeah, I don't think there's anybody in, in wrestling today that's, that's man enough to – Like, I, I think, you know, you, you talk about the, the accomplished amateurs, Jack Briscoe, Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. But they still don't compare to Brock Lesnar no. as far as size and strength. Oh, God, no. He's a great – he's a – I'm convinced somebody shaved a grizzly bear. Taught him to wrestle, man. Yeah. You know, he's – he's all man. Yeah. And he – listen, there are that's so why many – That's why the fans don't like him. Right. And the fans don't like him. Because he's not some nerd. Because he only does one move. Yeah. What, what would you that big? That's all you need. That's all you need. All you need is a German suplex and an F5. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like that to me is what endears him to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I like Brock Lesnar. Cause he's, oh, yes. Because he's believable. Yes. He's, he's the only, like, even now when they do something on script that seems, they're like, oh, he went off script. That's right. They, <laughs> they changed the finish. He's in the dangerous. middle of the match, he's scared. He's dangerous. He's reckless. Yeah. He's going to hurt somebody. You're people are mad about Brock Lesnar hurting somebody. You're fine with a twelve year old getting choke slammed. Right. This is the world this we is, live. This is that's wrestling fans right there. So who would you have Brock Lesnar feud with? Johnny Valentine. Ah, oh, son of a motherless goat. Mm-hmm. And they would just lay it in, just chop each other up. See, that's not, oh. See, I was thinking in my mind like. Just the pure white meat underdog baby face, but the Valentine. Mm-hmm. See, I'd have him feud with uh, like Ricky Morton, mm-hmm. like the consummate underdog. Right. I know you would. But Johnny, that's that's and that's good. I think that's what makes us a good team. Is I am the underdog, <laughs> and uh, you're Johnny Valentine. <laughs> People may not think. Uh, we're real, but they'll know that you're real. Uh, so Brock Lesnar, that's right. Uh, Ed the Strangler Lewis. Are, I wonder, are any of his things on YouTube? Like, are there any? Ah, uh, there may be a few little clips. I mean, but there's not much. I would love to read a book on him and just see there's what's out there. There's a good book there. on uh, Luthez called Hooker. That yeah, he that's and hard he to find. Talks about some of those guys, you know. Yeah, I think it's a, you can get it on Amazon. Right. Maybe I, maybe I need I to check it, that out. Okay. All right. Our next one, number three on the PWI 500 this year. This man was number one last year. Kazuka Akata. Who would you compare him to? He's another one that's it's kind of tough, man. To think, I'm trying to think of somebody. Um, Hmm. A lot of people may. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, but no, not, not DDP. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like what he does because he's really just a wrestler. I mean, there's nothing. Right. He just he's a really good wrestler. Yeah, he, he he has become more of a character since losing yeah. the title. Yeah. But yeah, just a, just a phenomenal 
Who's somebody? Wrestler. That just was always a good wrestler. Uh, Barry Windham. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, just a, a good, solid wrestler. Always going to have a good match. Not going to be bad. Um, Good-looking kid. Yeah, has the ability to be a main event guy. Yeah. Um, but can also works well in a tag team. Yeah. Can kind of play any role. Yeah, Barry Wendell. And that's who I would have him face because I think that would be a good match. Oh, my goodness. That would be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. That would be just, dude, man, you, you've really, you're outdoing yourself I mean, today. It always surprises you. Well, it's just like, I, I try to, I can't decide if you're at your best when you have so much time to prepare and then I would get over prepared or on days like this, when I say, Hey, this is what we're going to do. And you're like, all right, sounds great. You know what I mean? (laughs) But I think what I was trying to do today in this episode is, you know, just kind of bridge that gap between the modern stuff and then the older stuff. Mm -hmm. So Okada compared to Barry Windham. So what you do is you have them feud and then you team them up. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it'd be a heck of a tag team. Oh, my goodness, man. Heck of a tag team, man. Well, what could you call I mean, you got the whole... Oh, Vince would have a field day with that. The the Japan, you know, he the Japan America connection or something. <laughs> Strike force do. <laughs> uh so yeah, Akata man, he's just he's had a you know, great stretch of great stretch of matches. I, I somebody was talking about this the other day. At one point in TNA, they got AJ Styles, but they also got Nick Aldis. The Young Bucks uh-huh. and Okada. Yeah. Like they had. And Samoa Joe. And Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle. Like they had. But I think part of the, the reason. Hardies. I think part of the reason that those guys got to where they were was because of their negative experience mm-hmm. in TNA. That that almost kind of propelled them to, to some of them to where they are now. Uh, all right. Here we go. Number two in the PWI 500. Uh, and that is Mr. AJ Styles. Hmm. Who's somebody you compare AJ Styles to from the 70s, 80s, 90s? Huh. Brian Pillman. Hmm. Like, uh, you know, about the same size. Obviously, vastly different um, characters, gimmicks. Yeah, whatever, yeah. But, I mean... Uh, what was that? I don't know. Was that me? I think that was you. Did I just fart out of my mouth or something? Oh. Yes, you did. Um. (laughs) I don't know what that was. I heard it come out. I was like, what was that? Somebody's trying to get out. Something's trying to get out. Oh, yeah, Brian Pillman, man. I think, uh, you know, real... That was weird. <laughs> Killing the business. <laughs> Killing the business. <laughs> well, that was something else, man. <laughs> that doesn't happen all the time. I'm going to need you to quit what you're doing and give me your own. <laughs> I got to get me something to eat. <laughs> all right. So, hey, we're back. Uh, AJ Styles. Uh, who'd you compare him to? 
Brian Pillman. Brian Pillman. Yeah, I was about to say both able to wrestle to do hard hitting <laughs> stuff. Shut up. But also the the springboard, the high flying stuff, very good. Um, yeah, dude, that's great, man. Mm-hmm. All right, who would you have him go against? The great Muta. Oh. I was like that picture you showed me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dude, man, AJ Styles versus the – I wonder if that match has ever happened. I mean, obviously not with Muda in his prime. Not with Muda as as Muda, you know. Yeah. How would you book that? Just a high-flying match that Muda would win. Dude, I'm telling you, man, uh, Muda and AJ Styles, like – Two guys, like, no holes in their game. Like, mm-hmm. very few, very few mistakes. Like, the more the more that I watch independent wrestling and see guys miss a springboard and miss stuff like that, uh-huh. the more you appreciate. It ain't, it ain't as easy as it looks. Right. And you see somebody like AJ Styles who ev- – what did I say? AJ Styles. We want to see the nature boy. Um, AJ Styles. But you see AJ Styles just just flawless, man. Almost – I mean, you say this about Bobby Eaton, Ricky, but like almost too good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I th- I think, you know, AJ Styles, because he's so good – I think he's one. Of, I think you could put him in any, even even being a little bit smaller. Yeah, he still could have been a, a, a good hand. I don't think he would be a. He wouldn't be like a top top guy. No, right. I don't think twenty five thirty years ago. But I think he'd still. He would be in that Brian Pillman spot. He would be somebody that Lawler and Jarrett would put. Wouldn't he put him in tag team with somebody? Yeah, yeah, they'd be a good good tag team. Yeah. AJ Styles and Dutch Mantel. There's your tag team. Boy. That's a good tag team. <laughs> you got uh, – oh, that would be good. You got you let Dutch do all the talking and let AJ do all the wrestling. Yep. Uh-huh. And then – Shoe baby comes in. And shave uh, shave Dutch's back. <laughs> that could have been a match. Oh, shave your back oh, match. A back shaving match. <laughs> <laughs> Those shears out on that thing. <laughs> um, all right, now we're to number one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I like I said, by the time this episode is out, everybody everybody probably already knows. Uh, last year, this gentleman was ranked number five. He, you know, it was interesting to me to see because I was looking in two thousand eight, Kenny Omega was number four hundred and twenty two. So for so just. For to kind of give you an idea, okay, of of what kind of person is at four twenty two? Because I believe right at four twenty two, <laughs> I want to say is a guy from uh, right around that area is a guy from around here. Uh, no, four twenty one this year is Cheeseburger from Ring of Honor. Uh-huh. So you're well, who's four twenty two? Montez Ford. I wasn't sure who. Uh... Oh wait, there he's part of the Street Profits in NXT. I didn't like Jake Manning from PWX. He's number four fifteen. Who's number five hundred? Number five hundred is a uh, Puff. Never heard of him. 
popular, popular Western New York rookie, scored a convincing win over Joey Ryan in June. Also had a win over RJ City and Mbare, Ontario, debuted for Smash Wrestling this year. Impressive agility for a big man. Signature moves include the bonsai drop, the tilt-to-whirl flapjack, and a big splash off the second rope. And he is 5'10", 388 pounds. And he's considered a big man. Wait, you said 388 pounds? Yes. Uh, yeah, you want to yeah, see a picture? Okay, okay. Wow. Is his last name Mulliken? <laughs> uh, and he, he's been wrestling a year. Um. I'm trying to see if there's any of these names. All right, so Darius Lockhart mm-hmm. from the area. He's 482. But I say all that to say, who would have thought 10 years ago, Kenny Omega, 422, an afterthought. In 2018, he's number one in the PWI 500. Uh, so, Mark, my question to you is, who do you pet compare Kenny Omega to? Huh. That is a very, very good question. Huh. Man. Omega's a really, really good wrestler, man. Um, And he has some incredible matches with the right people. Right. Um, The tag team match, him and Ibushi. Had with the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. Really good match. And one thing I think Okada has done, and again, it's been, he, he te- to me, he's he tells a good story in the ring, I, I, I think. You know, it's not just he's in there doing moves, but there's a, it makes sense. I mean, I don't know if I'm making sense, but anyway. But who would you compare him to? Huh. Man, I can't think of anybody. Can I? Can I? Uh, I know who I'd put him against. Okay, well, let's start with that. Who would you put him against? Jake Roberts. Really? Yeah. What, what makes you say that? I don't know, man. Because I, uh, you know, his his style is very fast paced. Yeah. And, and high flying and hitting hitting those big moves. But you're right. There is some psychology behind what right. he does. So I would love to see what a Jake Roberts, what kind of match Jake Roberts in his prime. Yeah could have with him where he would say let's do this and let's you know because he's probably not going to be able to hit all those yeah big big high flying moves and so right he's probably not going to be able to do that to a guy as tall and lanky as jake right is. so how does jake work around that when you take a guy that that really does combine um the current level of physicality and athleticism yes that these guys have that, that a lot of people don't have um, to com- to then add the fact that when you do watch his matches, there is the storytelling element yeah. that he's good at in those matches. Um, how would somebody like Jake Roberts 
work with him and, and slow him down a little. Right. Because Jake's style is just the opposite, ground-based. He didn't take a lot of bumps and go off of his feet a whole lot. He's very slow. Yeah. He works really slow. I'd be interested to see how those two – I think they'd have good matches. They'd either be really good or really bad. And you have the good promos. Yes. And and I think Omega cuts a pretty good promo for what it is. Like, mm -hmm. most of his promos are very much just kind of like – to me, his promos are like – and this is one thing I like about New Japan, Japan is the after-match promos, for the most part, are like are um, like a regular sporting event. Mm -hmm. Like you got you catch the guy in the locker room, hey, how was your match tonight? Well, you know, just want to thank the fans, and man, he, we gave it our all. And, and, he was uh, a tough opponent. He was a tough opponent. And I love their post-match, the press conference. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to convince – I'm trying to do that with a local promotion. Uh, the one Juice Robinson cut uh, with the at the G1 special when he won the U.S. title was just – it wasn't even a promo. It was just a guy talking. But it was great, man. Uh, so, all right, who would you put who – would, who would you compare – could you compare uh, – could you compare him it, – it's hard to kind of fit Omega into – a box because he's he's a he's a good technical wrestler. Uh -huh. He's an excellent striker, and then he's got the high flying. And there's very few guys that fit into all three of those right at once. Which is why he's number one on this list. That's right. That's right. And maybe the fact that you can't come up with anybody to compare him to is a good thing. Because right. who do you compare Ric Flair to? Yeah. Who's the other Ric Flair? Who's the other Stone Cold Steve Austin? Right. Who's the other Hulk Hogan? Right. You know? Who's the other Bret Hart? Yeah. Who's the other Shawn Michaels? Yeah. That's what makes top guys top guys. Who's the other John Cena? Right. You know? Um, that's what makes top guys top guys is that there is something about them that you can't compare with. You can... Draw a little connection with the guy from the past. Mm -hmm. But you can't really say he's just like this guy. Right. He really reminds me, and he does a lot of things the way this guy yeah. does it. And maybe that's why he's number one on that list. Because it is so hard to tell you. You know? Um, yeah. Like, even when I, you know, when I was thinking about this last night, I was going through the list, and I'm like, I was interested to hear who you would compare him to. And I agree, I agree with everything you just said. Maybe he, there's a little bit of current hinting there. Right. I think Mr. Perfect, uh, there's a little bit of Rick Rude there. Uh-huh. Um, those are the two names that I come up with right off the top of my head. Now, obviously, the gimmick's nothing like Rick Right, Rude. right. Um, but that – Pound for pound. Yeah. Yeah. That you, that you hear with the Rick Rude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, Mr. Perfect, man. Mr. Perfect. Because there ain't a whole lot of holes in right. Kenny Omega's game. So that's who I would go with. But to me. This isn't about you. You're not making the decision. You ask me what I thought. 
No, that's right. To to me, part of the problem that makes it difficult to compare a lot of these guys is striking in wrestling is so different than it was. Everything's so different now, man. These guys are so much more athletic. Now. Oh, right, and that's yeah. that's in every sport. Right. I mean, that's just the way it is, man. That's across the board. These guys that played football in the seventies, how well would some of them right transition today when these guys are four hundred pounds? Of course. You know, some of those guys that played back in the 70s, they had a different mentality about meanness. Yeah. That some of these new guys may not have. Right, right. I don't, you know, Dick Butkus, I think you put him in any area, he's going to run somebody over. He's just yeah. a mean football player. Right, right. But somebody like Lawrence Taylor, who back then was so much faster than everybody else, mm-hmm. how does he translate in today's game? Where now the your offensive linemen aren't four hundred four hundred pounds apiece. Your offensive linemen are more agile and uh-huh. and the scouting is so um you know, the scouting is so different in, in things. Uh so yeah, Kenny Omega and uh Mr. Perfect. I like it. I like it. I I I don't like it's not that I don't like it. Can we have a match where we don't trade forearms? Yeah. Uh, can we have a match in Japan where they don't trade forearms and they don't trade the forearms outside of the ring to the count of 19 and then both die back in the ring? Yes. Thank you. No, you can't have that. Can't we have, have, that. We we have, have to, to have it. I, um, yeah, I think when when – you do that in one match on a card, mm-hmm. but when every match, yeah, on the and then, card, and then a lot of times I see it a lot when we go to indie shows. You see that a lot too, yeah, because they're watching that. That's what works in Japan, right? That's what everybody's doing now. Everybody stands there, and there was that match type for a long time that Japan started, where you hit big move after big move after big move, right? And then that become. What everybody followed, right? And then we reached we reached a point where we started hitting big moves, and instead of going to the finish from that, they stood in the ring and beat each other up, yeah, and got a huge pop. And then it became you add do those two things, and then you add both guys trying to hit their finish for fifteen minutes instead of hitting big move after big move. They're trying to hit their finish, right. and their opponents countering it, yeah. So that's the thing now. Mm. And it's all comes from Japan. Yeah. The, the the wrestling from the past, you know, 20 years has all been kind of following how Japan did things. And those are the, those were the three steps that have kind of happened in wrestling. And this is two so years. I'm curious to see where it goes now. I mean, it's two years in a row that the, uh, the IWGP world champion has been number one mm-hmm. in the PWI 500. And, uh, yeah, I think that's tough. I, yeah, I I agree. You know what's what's next? Uh, you know what's kind of next for wrestling? What you know can guys? I don't know that you can get. I, I think in the nineties, nineties just was so like hardcore and the tables and stuff like that, and so much of that has kind of faded away. And the athleticism is just through the roof. Like everybody, for the most part, is 
athletic. Because we've talked about there's a lot of vanilla in wrestling. Everybody's kind of the same size and the same speed and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So I am very interested to see, you know, where kind of wrestling uh, goes from here. And, and you know, you either got to adapt or close. Yeah. Yeah. Or you become Vincent Mann and you just use the same – you just – Get a new crop of people and plug them into your formula, and there it goes. And you keep on trucking. Keep on a trucking, and uh, count that money, count that green, man. Yep. Uh, that's what we're doing. Counting them dollar bills. Counting them pennies. <laughs> Counting them uh, pennies. Any so, uh, let's go. Let's just for uh, let's. Who's number one hundred here? Let's just say. Mark Briscoe. Uh-huh. He's number 100. He was number 97 last year, so he didn't know. He's slipping. He's, He's slipping. slipping. He's slipping. Who's number 25? Uh, Number 25. Austin Aries. Okay. Well, let me – all right, go. We did – all right, you've heard the top ten. Uh, over the last couple of episodes. Number 11, Nakamura. 12, Will Ospreay. 13, Almas. Andre, I can't, I don't know how to pronounce his first name. 14, Jinder Mahal. Huh. Um, uh, 15, Dalton Castle. 16, Finn Balor. 17, Kevin Owens. 18, Randy Orton. 19, Minoru Suzuki. 20, John Cena. 21, Adam Cole. 22, Bobby Roode. 23, Samoa Joe. See, they're going to give the New Japan guys the love at the start, and this is going to be all done. 24, Zack Sabre Jr., 25, Austin Aries, 26, Zami Zayn, uh, Takahashi, number 27, and Cedric Alexander, number 28. Oh, okay. Kudos to him, man. He was – Cedric was number 206 last year. So, he might have made the biggest jump of the whole list. That's That would be a good – you should do the research on that. Yeah, I should, because I care. You do. Um, yeah, Cedric Alexander, kudos to that guy, man. Did did things the right way. Was always nice to people. And uh, was actually good at wrestling. Yes. I will never forget sitting in a locker room with him I, and somebody uh, who thinks they should be in WWE. Yeah. Um, making fun of him for spending money to go to a – seminar where he was being observed by Riff Rogers, Jerry Briscoe, uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard, and Lance Storm. Yeah. And he went because – That's ridiculous. Why did you go – why would you even – Why would you – why, why would you pay to do that? That's so stupid. And Saying that to him. Yeah. And Cedric said, well, my girlfriend wanted to do it. And now his girlfriend or his wife was in the May Young Classic. Yeah. And this other guy – Who is that? Ariel Monroe. Okay. And this other guy, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He will never be in WWE. He might, you know, get beat up by a girl. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make me laugh. I got to poop again. Um, 
Hey, speaking of beating up, getting beat up by girls, uh, you can become a patron today. Patreon.com. That has got nothing to do with getting beat up by girls. Patreon.com slash Double Dropkick. We're actually live in our patrons-only Facebook group, which you can come in. Mark is off the screen right now. Uh, I am... Yeah, this camera angle. You set bad. it up that way. I did not. You you were sitting back. I had it set it up where you were in your first position. But anyway, hey, become a patron. A dollar a month. Uh, you you get stuff. I do behind the scenes in Carolina's wrestling every week. And now I'm trying to get off camera. Uh, and then uh, yeah, you know we got different tiers. We're getting ready to change some of those. So. Uh, you can support our sponsors, SOS Custom Tees. SOSCustomTees.com is where you can get your official Double Dropkick Show merchandise. Get, I'm wearing my Mark Whitman t-shirt today. That's nice. Life's too short to watch bad wrestling. You got a quote on a shirt. I do. Um, speaking of quotes, Mark had a tremendous idea at lunch that I'm not going to give away, but I am going to be putting – I mean, by the time this rep episode's released, you better be on this idea <laughs> with the with the quotes. Yeah. Please do it. Okay, man. Um, we're on Twitter. Talk to us on Twitter. I'm at Heath Mulliken. I'm at the DDK show. He's also on Instagram. Yeah, Mark the DDK show. Uh, Mark DDK. I don't understand. Like I don't know. You're not talking about wrestling on Twitter. I, well, I wasn't thinking. You know? Can you change that to Mark Whitman now? Is it too There's already a Mark Whitman, and that was kind of what. What? There's another. There's a couple of us out there, I think. There's an architect and a. It's like a guy in a band or something. Jerry, you know that my dream make or leave job is to be you an know architect that it's always been my dream to pretend to be an architect <laughs> uh so yeah follow mark on instagram he probably won't follow you back but um well if i know you you know right allegedly i gotta have something for myself yeah you know? i got you you're so you're so giving of your time and energy uh so anyway hey go back listen to these episodes mark uh, looking at the PWI top ten, comparing and who, uh, comparing these guys to greats from the past and picking who they should feud with uh, today. Uh, but as always, for the Double Dropkick Show, I'm Heath Mulligan and I'm Mark Whitman, and that's it this week, fans. So long for now. Come on.